turn and make your way to Genesis chapter number 7. I'm going to be reading in verses 16 down through 24. And I'll be in chapter number 8 for just a little while. But there's sometimes that uh, I'm preparing and I am praying and I'm trying to study and I do my very best to study and pray. And I'll be honest with you, now that I begin to pastor a church, I try to study and to make sure I've got messages in advance. And when Keith called me, I said, Lord, can I just go? He called me about two or three months ago. Lord, can I just have a message? Lord, just lay something on my heart that I can study it, get prepared, get an understanding of it, make sure I preach everything exactly, Lord, the way you want me to preach. And I studied for a week. I didn't have anything on my heart. Studied for a month. Didn't have anything on my heart. Studied for two months. Didn't have anything on my heart. I laid down on Friday night this, and I said, God, if you don't want me to preach nothing, Lord, I just won't preach nothing. We'll get up there and we'll pray and we'll sit down and that's all I know to do because if God's not in, there's a lot to preach, amen. But the Holy Ghost is not in it. He, I laid down that night and God showed me just because, now listen to me, just because you wake up in the morning and you don't see the sun because there's clouds in the sky, because there's an overcast that goes on, I want to tell you and I want to promise you something, the sun's still there, folks. Just because you're going through a rough time in your life, it don't mean that Jesus ain't there. It don't mean that the trials and the tribulations are bigger than God. I want to remind you of something. God is the main thing, folks, this morning. Amen. Genesis chapter number 7. If you can stand for the reverence of the Word of God this morning, if you can and able to. If not, we understand just Genesis chapter number 7. Verses 16, I want to start reading down through here. It says, And they that went in went in male and female of all flesh, as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. And the flood was forty days upon the earth, and the waters increased and bare up the ark, and it was lift up above the earth, and the waters prevailed and were increased greatly upon the earth. And the ark went in upon the face of the waters, and the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth. And all the high hills that were under the whole heaven were covered. Fifteen cubits upward did the waters prevail, and the mountains were covered, and all flesh died that moved upon the earth, both of fowl and of cattle and of beast and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth and every man, all in whose nostrils was the breath of life. Of all that was in the dry land died, and every living substance was destroyed, which was upon the face of the ground, both man and cattle and creeping things and the fowl of the heaven. And they, there, and they were destroyed from the earth, and Noah only remained alive, and they that were with him in the ark. And the waters prevailed upon the earth a hundred and fifty days. Now listen to chapter 8 and verse number 1. It says this, and God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that was with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth and the waters assuaged down through here. Brother Jason Cox, will you pray for us, please, sir, this morning?
Amen. Thank you for standing for the reverence of the Word of God. This morning I understand and realize that going down through the life of Noah, I've been studying uh, down through here on Wednesday nights with my church, and I'll try not to preach everything to you that I've been studying about. i got a lot of stuff on my mind. No doubt about it, we could preach on the description of the ark down through there. And exactly in chapter number 6 and verses 14 through 16, the ark was made to withstand a great storm. This ark, no doubt about it, is a picture and a description of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm glad to let you know that there was no person on this earth that had ever experienced something that was fixing to take place the way that it did. And no one has ever experienced a storm like this before. When God came to Noah in Genesis chapter number 6, we understand and realize that the man by the name of Noah found grace in the eyes of God. And I am thankful this morning for the grace of God this morning. I'm thankful for the opportunity to experience that grace this morning. And when he came down to Noah, God told him exactly how to build this ark and he gave him the exact description of the ark. It was going to be around 450 feet long, 75 feet wide and 45 feet tall, over three stories tall. He was going to put a window up in the top of it. An amazing thing is, is he didn't put no steering wheel in that thing, but I'm glad that God directed it every step of the way. I'm glad to let you know we don't have to know all the descriptions of the storm, but I'm glad to let you know when we get the descriptions, God's going to take us through this thing. Not only do I see the description down through chapter number 6, I see down through here the drawing of the ark down through here. We understand down through here in this ark and this water down through here in chapter number 7, uh, we understand and realize exactly what God was trying to do. He was trying to get all of humanity to get a, make a choice and to make an exception to get into this ark. Amen. Amen. I, I still believe that God still draws and I still believe that God gives a choice. I'm here to let you know that he had him preaching for over a hundred years. He went out there and preached in righteousness. He went and told the people that there was a storm that was going to come, that the wrath of God was fixing to fall. I'll tell you one thing that took place down through here. There was a man that went out there and gave it his all. He worked during the day. I believe he worked hard. He did exactly what God told him to do, but he let the human race know they was fixing to be a wrath come. God continued to draw. God continued to give them a chance. God continued to give them an opportunity. God continued to use Noah in a mighty way down through there. Can I remind you preachers of something? You don't always have to see people getting saved. You don't always have to see people getting on the boat. You don't always have to see the glory of God fall the way you think it should fall. But I want to encourage you, keep on preaching the Word of God. Keep on doing what God would have you to do. Keep on preaching what God plays on your heart. He preached for over a hundred years. Nobody got on the boat with him, but his family got on the boat with him. Thank God for my family being here this morning. i tell you what's more precious than the whole world getting on the boat with me is my family getting on the boat with me. And that's a big thing for everybody that's sitting here tonight. You keep living for God. God will keep drawing your family into the house of God. And I'm here to let you know God can do it. I don't just see the description, but I see down through here the door that the man by the name of Noah put on this ark. Verse number 1 in chapter number 7, it catches me by surprise down through here just a little bit. It says, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come, come thou and all thy house into the ark. 
<laughs> Boy, that's good. I was hoping somebody's going to leave their seat and roll out right there. I don't know about you or not, but if I got told just a little bit earlier and I knew exactly what I knew now, I would run faster into the ark, folks. If I would have got saved before 7 to 15 of 07, I would have raised my hands up and said, Thank you, Jesus. But I want to tell you what, God had a perfect plan for me. I'm here to let you know this morning, God's got a perfect plan for you. I find it amazing that we find the door of this ark that it's still open. It's still open, folks. <laughs> he said, come in. I don't know about you or not, but I'm a little bit redneck. I don't ever stand outside and tell people to come in with me. I go in my house and say, come on in, son. Don't worry about kicking your shoes off. Just come on in here and make yourself at home. I'm here to let you know something this morning because this is important out through this Scripture. God's inside of that thing. You already, so I already know that, preacher. Well, I hope you get excited about it again this morning. I thought about it a couple of years ago when I studied down here and it reminded me again every time I remind myself God was already in that ark when Noah got in there. And I'm glad that when I got in there, He's never left me and never forsaken me through the greatest storms of my life. He's always been there with me. And I want to let you know one thing. A lot of folks try to go in a different door. There ain't no door on the north side, east side, west side, and south side. He said there's one door. You say, why was there only one door, preacher? That one door was good for the white and the black. That one door was good for the rich and for the poor. That one door was good for the educated and the uneducated. He said, if you're going to come in the boat, you're going to come through this thing one way, and the only way you're going to get through the blood is through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only way to make it through, folks. We're going to have to get through and get up in this door down through here before it's eternally too late. There's a lot of things to preach down through here, no doubt about it. I don't want to keep you all morning. But I want to preach down through here on dwelling in the ark. Dwelling in the ark for just a little while. When you get in this thing, Brother Keith said it this morning. <laughs> he said, I don't know whether he's going to weather the storm or not. That's what he said up here this morning. He said, when things get real, he said, I just don't know whether he's going to be able to handle it or not. Sometimes we see a good picture. Sometimes we see the boat. Sometimes we get in that thing. And sometimes or another, I feel like I believe in eternal security. Amen. I believe once you're saved, you're always saved. I believe that He gave unto him eternal life and no man shall ever pluck me out of the Father's hand. Amen. I'm in the Father's hand and in the Jesus' hand and the devil himself can't pluck me out of it. Amen. But boy, when you get in this thing, it's not always been a bed of roses. It's not always been easy. I want to let you know something this morning. I want to preach on just a little while on why I love to get locked up with Him. I've been locked up before. Brother Keith done told a little bit about what happened this morning. I've been locked up with some people before and there was a bunch of knuckleheads. There was a bunch of, just a bunch of crazy people. I've been locked up in a, in a jail before and I tell you, I'd rather not ever go back there before and the best place I've ever been locked up before is with Him. Boy, when I got locked up with Him, it was the most grace that I've ever experienced in my life. That grace will last me through all of eternity. 
I got the most mercy when I got locked up with Him. His mercy allows through all of eternity. I got all the long suffering that I'll ever need when I got locked up with Him. I got all that God has to offer when I got locked up with Him. Why wouldn't you want to get locked up with Him? I'm just wanting to get locked in with Him. Boy, I tell you down through here, I, I see some things I want to get locked in with Him down through here because down through here we understand that chapter number 1 and verse number 27, it says this, So God created man in His own image. In the image of God created He Him. Male and female created He them. I still believe the Word of God right there. I still believe in Him and hers. Amen. Amen. I still believe in male and female. That's the way God created it in the beginning, and that's the way it'll always be till the end. Amen. I need to, maybe I need to switch gears right here. Hang on just a second. I'm going to preach on male and female right here for a minute. I still believe that there's a woman and a man, and that's the way that it ought to be in marriage. Amen. And God intended it to be that way. I'm glad I got to marry my wife. Amen. She's a woman. She ought to act like a woman. I'm a man, and I ought to act like a man. Amen. That's the way He created us. And whenever you look in the mirror... Whenever we see ourselves down through there, before there was ever a mirror, God said, I created man in my own image. Amen. We ought to act like God, aren't we? You know, when God created mankind, He looked down through there in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 31, created all of creation, stepped out into darkness when the earth was without form and void. He created all things. Amen. He created the earth. He created the cattle. He went down through there, slung the stars into existence, went down there into the dust of the earth and formed mankind up and breathed the life into his nostrils and he became a living soul. And chapter 1, verse 31, it says this, And God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was what? Very good. Amen. Very good. He said it was good through chapter number one and day one, chapter number two and chapter number, or, or, or day number two and day number three and day number four and day number five and day number six. He said, I looked on everything and it was very good. You know what he wants to have more than anything in this world? It's not the sun and the moon. It's not the earth and the waters. It's not the cattle. He wants you. Did you know that there is a closeness when we get locked up with Him? I mean, I've been locked up with some people and I'd rather not be close to them, but boy, I want to be close as I can with God. I want to be just as close as I possibly can. I, I mean, there was this little girl just a couple of weeks ago and God reminded me of this on Friday night. This little girl, she's going through a tough time in my church and she has this little old bunny, this little old stuffed animal. And I said, girl, what are you doing with that stuffed animal? She said, it's my stuffed animal. I said, give me that stuffed animal. She said, no, I want to stay as close to this stuffed animal as I can get. It gives me more comfort down through here than all the things of this world down through here is what she said. Boy, there's a comfort down through there when you get close to Jesus. That little girl, I tried to mess with her just a little bit, tried to get a hold of that little bunny rabbit, and she wrestled me for that thing, and she held on for dear life, and she said, I'll never let go of this little bunny. It's my comfort. 
boy, there's a lot of times in this world if I got locked in with Jesus, I'd hold on to Him with everything that I had. I'd grab a hold of Him with all my might. I wouldn't care how this world fights me and how this world tries to destroy me and the descriptions of all the mess that's in this world. I'd hold on tight, folks. I wouldn't let go. I'd hold on to Him as hard as I possibly could. But I'm interested down through here on how in the world does it go from God looking on the creation and He says that it is good. That's what He said, ain't it? He says it's very good. So around a thousand years later, if you read in chapter number 6 and verse number 6, it says He looked on all of mankind and He says that it has repented me. It has grieved me in my heart that mankind's wickedness I see it throughout all the face of the world. It grieved God to look on human race and to see the wickedness that mankind, that they was living in. Can I tell you something in your closeness? There is a mess in this world, folks. This world is messed up. This world don't know whether they're a boy or a girl anymore. Our education system, if you're not real careful, there's a lot of education system. I thank God for all the good teachers out there. If you're a teacher this morning and you're doing the right things, thank you for it. When I was growing up and whenever I went to high school, they made me feel like I was going to be a failure if I didn't go on to have a better education. I went up there to AB Tech and they talked about abortion and said that it was okay. And they talked about homosexuality and said it was okay. And they told me of every sin that's underneath the book. And they said, y'all not judge it. Y'all just be okay with it. This world's messed up. Matthew, Matthew lets us know, Jesus said there'll be another day when this world's so messed up. He says when you see this world so messed up, He said you better start looking to the sky. I don't know how much more messed up it's going to get. Our court system's messed up. Our education system's messed up. There's a lot, our library system's messed up. They're ripping down the monuments for the word, for the word of God. This place is messed up, folks. Chapter number 7 said they lived in a messed up world. That's why I want to be locked in with Jesus and be good and close to Him. He ain't never messed up. Not only do I see down through here, do I want to be down through here in this messed up world down through here because I understand and realize how messed up it is because Adam and Eve, they lived in a good place. How in the world did Adam and Eve go from such a good place where God, He said, I put them in the garden. God put them there. God put them in the garden of Eden. Tell me how good that would have been, folks. Boy, I wish I would have been there. I wish I could have experienced that. But boy, it's just depravity. And it is sin. And it is things in this world because I like to, I like to lift up my nose sometimes and think that I'm a preacher, and think that I'm not messed up, and think sometimes that I'm better than other people. But I want to remind you something, folks. I'm glad God saved me out of a mess. Adam and Eve messed up bad. They got kicked out of the garden, and around a thousand years later, how do they go from the garden all the way to the greatest storm, the greatest catastrophe the world has ever seen? It's messed up. But I want to remind you something. It's because Adam, he messed up. It's because Cain, he messed up. You know when Cain messed up? I find it interesting. If you read about the man by the name of Cain, 
instead of when he messed up, him getting back to God and telling God that he was sorry, the Bible says he left the presence of the Lord. Instead of being locked up with God, he said, I don't want to have God no more. I I don't want to experience the things of God no more. These things that go wrong, they're storms that pass by people's way, and if we're not real careful, and if we're not real, real circumspectively in our walking, we'll run away from the presence of God. Instead of running into the ark and getting in there with God, when the doctor calls us and tells us, it don't look good for you. When the lawyer calls you and says, you messed up bad, it ain't looking good for you. When your mom and daddy calls you and says, hey, I don't think it's looking too good for you, instead of getting with God, you run away from God. And in a storm down through here, this morning I'm interested down through here. I, you know, I like to run a track hoe every once in a while, and I'm afraid that storms in people's life make for a stony heart. They make for a stony heart. I like to get on a track over every once in a while and I just like to tear up creation. Say amen right there, fellas. Where's Larry at? Sometimes I just hit him with a track bucket just to make sure he's alive over there. But I love to dig it. And I love whenever I hit a rock, I love to hit a big old rock because I just sit there and I just dig. And I just dig and sometimes that machine jerks around and I just dig. And I love digging around that big old rock and boy... There ain't nothing like digging around that big old rock and finally when it pulls loose and you get jerked back and that thing rocks, you say, Woo! I'm glad I got that big old rock out of there. Yeah! I don't even know if this machine will pick it up, but it's good. I don't know. I might not be preaching to nobody this morning. It might just have been for me. But boy, I, I don't know whether you got some stones down deep, but I've been praying that the Holy Ghost of God would work down deep in your heart. He'd get rid of a few of them little stony rocks that you got around through there. Some of you might have big old stony rocks. But it ain't going to be me that gets them out. And it ain't going to be your mama that gets them out. And it ain't going to be your daddy that gets them out. It's going to be a sweet Holy Ghost of God. He comes and digs around that stony heart and says, I think you need to get rid of this. And we're going to have to make a choice this morning. I tell you, whenever he was dwelling down through here in this ark, I, I can't help but to see that God manifested himself in this mess. Can you believe that God would show up in a mess? Boy, I'm glad God showed up in my mess. I said, I don't know what else I'm going to do. I'm fixing to go to prison for the next eight years of my life. I done signed all the paperwork. I'm in a mess, folks. I don't know what I'm going to do. I, 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 I'll just be willing to say, there's some other folks in a mess. They don't know which direction to head. They don't know how everything's going to take shape. They don't know what all's going to take place in. But boy, I'm glad more than anything that when I was down in the muck and the mire, when I was down in the dirtiest part of my life, there was a God that showed up and manifested Himself in my life. He just didn't manifest Himself in my life, but He moved in my life. He moved like nobody could move. He did something that nobody could ever do. 
This man by the name of Noah, he says, I don't have no other hope. I don't have no other way. I don't have no other direction to go. He said, I think I'll just go with God. He said, I'll listen to the directions that God has for me. He says, whenever I have all them directions, he said, I'll build your boat. It says, just as God commanded him, so did Noah do it. I say amen to that. Boy, when you're in a mess, sometimes the best thing to do is just listen to God. Can I, can I ask you something this morning? There's a lot of big ships that's been built. And there's a lot of big ships that's been sunk. And there ain't never been a storm like this storm right here. I mean, all the greatest ships in the world. Titanic, it said not even God himself is what I heard. said he could sink that ship. But I'm here to let you know something. If God's in that thing, there ain't one storm in this life that can ever sink. The storm that God has you in. How you know he was going to be safe on that ship? Well, that was Jesus. <laughs> he manifested himself. How you know Abraham was going to have a child when that angel showed up? That was Jesus. How you know whenever Jake was over there fighting for his life and his hip was broken, a ladder came down? That was Jesus coming down to earth. <laughs> how you know that the three men's gonna make it out of the fire? I tell you how Shadrach, Meshach's gonna make it out of the fire. Jesus was there, folks. He manifested himself before he was ever born in Bethlehem. Amen. He came down here to glory and showed the glory of God in my story. I'm here to let you know something. He manifested himself and he moved in my life. Can you imagine a God that sits high and looks low? I mean, me, in this messed up world, I like to point my finger around and say, boy, I'd slam a hammer down. I'd wipe them all away. I'd have got rid of them a long time ago. But boy, His long suffering's always been good enough for me. Thank God for His long suffering. It's a lot different than the patience that we have. You see, I got patience and have been learning a little bit of patience from my wife. I love you, honey. Sometimes I'm just ready to get to church, amen? And she's just ready to get dolled up. And I learned a little bit of patience. I learned a little bit of patience. You're doing good, honey. I love you. But boy, there's something different in that long suffering. That long suffering. My, my wife didn't do nothing wrong to me. She never messed me up. Boy, this world's in a mess and it sinned and it shook its fist in the sight of God and it looked him straight in the eye and said, I don't care about you. I'll live any way I want to live. I'll stroll down Main Street any way I want to stroll down Main Street. And I, if I was God, I'd have kicked him in the face, kicked him off in the lake of fire for all of eternity. But God's a long-suffering God. Talk about a storm that should have wiped them away a long time ago when this door was open down through here. Listen to this down through here. Verse number 4, verse number 7, and verse number 10 says, yet, For yet seven days and I will cause it to rain. Verse number 7 says, And Noah went in and his wives, they went into this door, they went to dwell inside of this thing, and God didn't cause it to rain. Noah had been out there preaching for over a hundred years. 
He's been preaching to them, saying you better get right with God. You better leave your wickedness. You better cast your stony heart down at the feet of a righteous God. You better get holy. I find it amazing. He said, I, I want you to go in the boat, and I'm going to cause it to rain in seven days. Seven more days. He says whenever he went in there to dwell in that boat, God should have shut the door up right then. I would have. I would have caused all the floods. I'd have caused it to rise up from the bottom. I'd have wiped away all of mankind, but not God. He gave them seven more days. If you're here this morning, and you've heard preaching, and you've heard the gospel, and you've heard the singing, God's still giving you seven more days. They was these hinges that was on this, on this boat, that was on this door, and He left them down there. Why? He wants to be locked up with you. I don't know why God wants to be locked up with me. I wouldn't want to be locked up with myself, but God wants to be locked up with me. He wants to dwell with me. I'd get on the boat, folks. Because there's a storm that's coming. There's the wrath of God. I, 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 I'm going to tell you something. He's perfect in His love. He's perfect in His grace. He's perfect in His mercy. He's perfect in His long-suffering. But He's perfect in His wrath. He's perfect in His judgment. This Almighty God down through here and all this mess and all this chaos manifested Himself and moved down through here. James chapter number 4 and verse number 8 says, Draw nigh to God and He will draw nigh to you. I'm here to let you know, Psalms chapter number 3 lets me know, the Lord is my shepherd. Yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. He's close. We got a God that's close to us, folks. Whenever we go through a storm, I'm here to let you know as a Christian, if you've made your way on that boat, you've got on that ship, you've got locked in with Jesus, He's close to you. He's moving in your storm. You say, I don't see Him moving, preacher. I don't ever see down through there where He's moving. But He was moving. He was manifesting Himself down through here. I want to tell you just a few more things. I want you to know He carries us down through here, down through the Scriptures and the Word of God. And not only does He carry us down through here, I, I understand and realize that His timing is perfect. I, I understand that there's a lot of times in verses 18 through 24 down through here uh, that we read in chapter number 7 that we read that it has a, it's a terrible experience to go through a storm. Anybody been through a storm and it's just terrible? It's the worst storm of your life. And it feels like it's in the wrong time of your life. You say, God, if you just withhold this storm, I'd be able to do with my family what I wanted to do. I'd be able to make the money that I wanted to make. I'd be able to live the life that I'd want to live. Sometimes I don't get to determine when storms come in my life. And sometimes storms are scary in my life. They're terrible. If I was to choose, I would choose for a storm never to come through my life. <laughs> Amen. How many of you going to raise your hand here and say, Ah, oh, send the storm, Lord. Not me. But instead of getting bitter in the storm, we should always learn something and get better through the storm. We should always get better through the storm. I, I would say that it's not very smart, may I say in a good way, 
if we go through a storm and don't learn some to get better for God. He just don't send the storm down through here just so He can send the storm. He sent this storm down through here to show us something. He sent it down through here to carry Him through the storm. I'm glad every time I've ever been needing to be carried through a storm and when I feel like there ain't no way I can get through the storm, He's carried me every step of the way. He hasn't never left me and never forsaken me during the storm. I reckon if He was in the ship, knew the storm was going to come, He was already ready for the storm. That storm ain't never caught God off, off guard. Ain't never caught Him off guard. I see down through here that he sends a token in chapter 8, verse number 1. He says, And God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that was with him in the ark, and God made a wind to pass over the earth. You know what this remembered means? It don't mean this. It don't mean God forgot him and then came back to him. That's how I am. <laughs> and most of the time I don't even remember. Amen, wife. Most of the time I don't even remember. I forget all about it. But God never left the scene. God was in the boat the whole time. This remember right down through here means this. He began to act on the behalf of Noah. Well, why wasn't he acting on the behalf of Noah before? He was on there for 370 days. He could have wiped away mankind with a speed, with a speed, with just a word. He could have snapped his fingers. He could have sent the angels and left Noah alone. Why'd he send Noah through the storm? He had a purpose. I think it's for him to get close to him. <laughs> he got through this storm and it was around 150 days down through there. And down through this storm, when God began to act on His behalf, He sends out the wind. I'm glad that when Peter and all them boys was over there, there was a big old storm came by, and He said, Peace be still. And you know what happened? It obeyed His voice. Can I tell you something? While He was carrying Noah down through this storm, I looked this up to the best of my ability. I couldn't find not one question mark in the life of Noah. I find that amazing because whenever I go through a storm, I like to always question God. God, why are you doing this? What, what's taking place down through there? God said, build a boat. And he said, Noah built the boat. God said, get in the boat. Noah got in the boat. <laughs> That's good right there whenever you get a hold of it a little bit because it's hard for me. If you ever get a hold of that, you let me know and teach me some good stuff because I'm the first one sitting there questioning. Why do I always have to question God when He's carrying me? I ain't never read down through Jeremiah where it said that the, that the clay looked up and said, Hey, Potter, why are you forming me this way? You'd do it a lot better if you do it that way. <laughs> hey, Jesus, don't you think if you took this direction and went that way and did all this, I think it would be a lot better. That's me. But not Noah when he was getting carried. He did exactly what God told him to do during the storm. He gave him a token down through here and began to act on his behalf. He gave him some counsel through the storm. 
I read this down through here and you can read it. It says that he has this dove and he has this raven and he sends them out and he says that God began to make the waters come below the mountains and made it to recede and it finally went down and finally the ark set down for itself and it rested. And I find it amazing because I don't know if you like me through a storm or not because I always love to see a symbol. I always love to see something, Brother Kelly. I like to see the fire. Hey, man, I like to see, I like to see the flood. I like to see the lightning. Hey, God, send me some kind of a sign. And here Noah is. He says, I'm going to send this dove out. I'm going to send this raven out. I'm going to see what I can do. And ain't nothing wrong. I think you ought to keep moving for God. Keep doing what God wants you to do through a storm. But I'm here to let you know God will give you the directions that you need. It says he sent out this dove, and it said that whenever it never come back to him, I guess he realized, hey, it's time to come up. But I find it interesting. You can read this verse down through here whenever he uh, goes down through here to counsel him in chapter 8, verse number 15. It's pretty amazing. It's real simple. It says, and God spake unto Noah. <laughs> and told him to get off the ship. <laughs> Sometimes I like sending the birds out. God, God, use these birds for me so I know when to get off the ship. God told me when to get on the ship. I reckon he's smart enough to tell me when to get off the ship. He'll give you some good counsel if you listen to him. He's the best counsel giver I've ever had. I've asked my wife. I've asked my pastor. I've asked other preachers, what are you doing in this situation? God's just like it. Hey, dummy, I'm still here. I ain't went nowhere. I don't reckon I still know it all. I reckon he still gives the best counsel of anybody I've ever known. He carried him through the storm. I reckon he knows how to get him all the way through the storm. I reckon he was the one that contributed through the storm. Can you imagine how many, how many meals? Now I like to eat. I appreciate that breakfast this morning. Amen. I love to eat. Noah got on this boat. As far as I read, there was two animals God owned and seven sacrifices of all them clean animals. He took the seed on down through there and it took a lot of work. But for those 370 days through that storm, he never lacked a provision. He never lacked one of his needs. He never lacked anything that down through there that I can read about in this store that he had ever desired down through there. A lot of times... A lot of times I don't want to go into a storm because I think I'm going to lose something. God, but if I go through this, Lord, you know good and well that I can't make this much money. I can't get that jet ski that I wanted. Lord, you, Lord, you know I wanted that real bad. I reckon through every storm, God's always gave me everything I've ever needed. I'm trying to hurry down through here. I'd rather be locked in with Him, living off of His provisions, close to Him, amen, watching Him move than to be in this world seeing all the things that's popular, that's good to this society, that everybody thinks is cool. I'd rather go through a storm with Jesus and be locked in with Him than to have all the riches of gold. Can I tell you something? It says down through here this. It says in chapter number 8, verse number 21, it says this. 
he gets off the boat and when he contributes all this stuff, whenever God gives him all these provisions, Noah thought enough that when God got a hold of his heart, I reckon he got a hold of all of Noah and all of his belongings. It says that he took those sacrifices and he sacrificed them to God every clean beast. But in verse number 21 it says this, And the Lord smelled a sweet savor, and down through here, and the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground any more for man's sake. Wow. I want to be locked in with him because I'm tired of living on cursed ground, folks. This world has nothing left for me. Did you know Noah was made for this storm? How do you know that, preacher? I think I got a Bible verse. Chapter 5 and verse number 29, this is what his daddy said about him. Lamech said down through here in verse number 29, and he called his name Noah, saying, This same shall comfort us concerning our work and toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord hath cursed. They storms in this life sometimes that we go through to help other folks. I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm related to Noah. <laughs> yeah, I'm related to him. All the way back to that time when Noah did all that th stuff through the storm, Noah's like my great-great-granddaddy. He came through that storm, planted foot over there, offered up this sacrifice, and God smelled a sweet savor, and this is what he said. Because you made it through this storm and you did the right thing and you offered up to God and you did everything that was right through this storm. He said, because of mankind down through here. It was because of mankind he cursed the ground. But through this storm, he said, I smell a sweet savor. He said, I saw something that was good in Noah. He said, when Noah got off of there and made it through this storm, all of humankind, I promise you, I will never curse the ground again. Let me read Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 13 to you. Galatians chapter number 3 and verse number 13, it goes down through there and it says this, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. Do you know we was under a curse? what he said brother Jeremy he said that this curse that he had redeemed us from this curse being made a curse for us wow that's what Jesus did for me for me Romans chapter 8 verse 18 says this, For I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. I know there's a lot of folks who's busy this morning. And I sure do appreciate you being here this morning. But I want to let you know something. God got a hold of me this, this Friday night. He said one day, one day, because I got locked in with him, I'll never have to walk on cursed ground again. One day, I'll never have to go through another storm in my life again. 
One day, I'll never have to worry about the sin of life. One day, I'll never have to worry about getting that call about cancer. I'll never have to worry about that little baby that's passed away. Amen. I'll never have to worry about the cursed things in this world. And it's because God one day smelled a sweet savor. And it's because Jesus Christ was cursed for us. He became like us. Amen. He spread out His arms on the cross of Calvary. And He became seeing like us down through here. He was 100% man, 100% God, 100% of the time. And what He did for me, boy, it makes me want to through the storm for Him. It makes me want to make it through the storm. I'm afraid that down through here there's a lot of people. They know that the door is open. They stand at the ship. They say, I see a lot of folks getting in, but there's a lot of folks that's not getting in. I'd get in if I was you. I'd make sure I was close to him. He'll carry you all the way through the storm. He'll contribute everything that you'll ever need. He'll take away the curse. That was all because of what I've done. What are you preaching on down through here? I'm preaching on this. If you're locked in with Him, if you don't know Jesus, today's the day to know Him. But if you're locked in with Him, say sometimes in this world I wonder, man, how dark was it on that? How dark was it on that ark? How many times did Noah just sit there and just wonder, man, where am I going? What am I going to do? And how's my family going to survive? And what's going to take place when the flood goes down? And where's everybody? What is going to happen to all the human race? What all this going to go on? As far as I know, Jesus is still the answer. There ain't nothing wrong with having questions. But I still want you to know Jesus is still the answer. I'm finished up down through here. The door is still open. I'd recommend coming on down if you